I'm sitting on my terrace Lost in the stars Listening to the sounds of The sad guitars Been thinking it all over And I Thought it all through I've made up my mind To give myself to you I've been really vibing off I've made up my mind to give myself to you Oh yeah yeah, yeah. I I mentioned I was. I mean, they, to that. they're all bangers, really. Yeah, like I mentioned to you, I was listening to that one earlier. Sent you a love heart. It's just a, it's a perfect love song, really. You know, it, it it's just so like what he was talking about. That there's no metaphor, whatever. There's no bullshit. Everything is what it says on the tin. Like, yeah, this song is totally uncomplicated. It's just a simple message of love you know there's there's nothing more to it it's not like heartbroken song it's not like an unrequited love song whatever it's just love i know it's so the rhymes on it are so simple as well um like i'm sitting on my terrace lost in the stars listening to the sounds of the sad guitars beautiful and then mm. and then yeah just all like the way he concludes every verse is just like uh i've been thinking it all over and i thought it all through i've made up my mind to give myself to you i knew you'd say yes i'm saying it too that's my favorite i think good stuff and yeah i just love uh the middle sections they've got a couple of them where they change the melody up a bit and it's just like i'm giving myself to you i am from Salt Lake City to Birmingham, like, and from East LA to San Antonio, I don't think I can bear to live my life alone. Like, that's not like a cool thing to say, you know. Like on other songs, he's like, "I'm the best. I'll fucking kill you." Like, he's like, uh, "I'll make your wife a widow. She'll never see old age." <laughs> like, sorry, you'll never see old age, rather. <laughs> on uh, crossing the Rubicon, and on this, he's just like totally his heart on his sleeve, like just pledging. Uh, pledging unconditional love, you know? And then he references, sort of, if I had the wings of a snow-white dove, I'd preach the gospel, the gospel of love. That makes me think of the song Farewell, like if I had wings like Noah's dove, I'd fly the river to the one I love. But, like, again, nothing about this song is like reinventing the wheel. It's just pure, beautiful Dylan music, but it does have yeah. such a, de- a delicate arrangement with, with the swirling acoustic guitars, uh, especially. And his vocal on it is so beautiful, like, it's so soft, and um, his timing on it is bizarre, you know? Like, he'll yeah. come in, like, at the end <laughs> of the line, basically, like... Ding, 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 ding. I travel the mountains to the sea. <laughs> Instead of like, I travel the mountains to the sea. Instead of like, just singing over like every note. He's just, he like, 
just kind of rides the beat <laughs> as, as a rapper would. Yeah. Uh, he, he does this on all the songs, but yeah, he, he comes in at odd times. My eyes like a shooting star. But there's so much more. If you listen to his last album, um, Tempest, not his last album, obviously, because his vocals on the Sinatra cover albums are really good and really subtle as well. But on Tempest, he's literally like an anti-smoking advert. I mean, he sounds so fucked <laughs> on like Pain Blood or Long and Wasted Years. Like, my enemy crashed into the dust, fell down and he lost his lust. It's like, <laughs> just like that first bit when Pain and Blood comes in, uh, it's like horrifying. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm crying in my life. <laughs> it's like, fuck, fuck. Yeah. Uh, I love that album, by the way. And I, I, can, I can listen to that, but you put it onto someone else and they're like oh my god um but on this this there's none of that on i've made up my mind to give myself to you he's just crooning in the most like fantastic fashion and it's like no he does not have a good voice like the physical instrument that he has in his neck you know is like limited there's only so much he can do with it but he is singing well right yeah 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 i get what you're saying uh there are some tracks on here where he does sound a bit more fucked like basically on the loud blues tracks he he he's a bit gruff and then on like mother of muses or some or something he's crooning sort of or black rider where he's uh he, he warns uh i guess death uh but his massive dick uh is not the be all and end all of things <laughs> Black Rider, Black Rider, hold it right there. The size of your cock will get you nowhere. Yes, yeah. yeah hold your yeah. cock right there. <laughs> that's another line I love. Yes. We can't have it walking about. I mean, that's amazing. I guess, like, yeah. I mean, he does seem to be like. If this, if the Black Rider is indeed death, which it certainly sounds a lot like in the lyrics, where he's like, you know, he's talking about, I'm walking away. You try and make me look back. He he's moving. He's not dwelling in any one place. But you know, death will catch up with you wherever you go. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, but he seems to be like almost like verbally jousting with death as like a male rival on this track. He's like, "Go home to your wife. Stop visiting mine." <laughs> it's like, oh, don't you hate that? Where when, You're when a cuck. yeah, when death keeps trying to cuck you <laughs> with his massive cock, <laughs> but Bob is nonetheless unimpressed by. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. And there's a bit of murder Bob in this one as well, because he says he'll take off a sword and hack off the Black Rider's arm. It's awesome. And then that ends with a reference to Duncan and Brady. He'd been on the job too long. Uh, again, I think I did a nice long explanation of Duncan and Brady on our previous one. But, you know, we're, we're, we're going to leave that. Yeah. Uh, so we established earlier that he's not a big fan of uh, Marx necessarily. There is actually a weird song from his Jesus era where he like slags off Karl Marx as well. Yeah, I remember that. can't remember the exact line, but I, I remember that. Bob Dylan, I think it might be on Slow Train Coming. He, he There's also another weird Jesus era song where he's just like, 
uh, he's just naming like all these isms, just like uh, patriotism, ism, jism, socialism. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, that's the only time we've heard the word socialism on a Bob Dylan uh, album. Although, although to be fair, on 2006's Modern Times, uh, we did hear the lyric, "The buying power of the proletariat has gone down." Um, what is it? Is it when you're gonna wake up, or I believe in you, or ma- no? It's definitely not. Man gave names to all the animals because that's the one where he's like, man saw a uh, sort a cow. No, man saw an animal up on the hill eating so much grass till it's had its fill. He saw milk coming out, but he didn't know how. Hmm. I think I'll call it a cow. Yeah. <laughs> Funny, it's like gapes ass lyric. Um, well, of course, uh, he did. He then famously boasted of having uh, sucked the milk out of a thousand cows again on 2006's Modern <laughs> Times. Um, Weird. Well, I can't remember what lyric it is, yeah, but he yeah. is like, it's something like, Karl Marx wanted to control, control the people. Maybe it's on Saved, that album is like absolute crackpot stuff. There's um, something along that line, yeah. Covenant Woman, what can I do for you? Are you ready? Pressing on Saved. So, fuck, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> anyway um, I do quite like Jesus Bob, to be fair. Like, one of my favourite songs from that era is... Uh, I ain't gonna go to hell for anybody, which is where he's like, I can manipulate people as anybody, uh, blah blah blah. But it, it's like, uh, twist them and turn them, uh, tease them and please them. But like, he's like, but it don't serve my purposes. It ain't my goal to <laughs> to uh, to gain the whole world, but give up my soul. <laughs> I ain't gonna go to hell for anybody. So it's all a song about how like, you know, he could be a great sinner. But he doesn't want to be. Um, <laughs> and then there's another song I really like, which is actually kind of a bad song, but I dig it. It's called Property of Jesus. And it's like about how people make fun of Bob for being uh, a Christian and they uh, rip on him and say he's lame. But actually, he's cool. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he, he, he sardonically um, boasts, uh, in, well, he, he says in the chorus, uh, that about he, as in Bob Dylan, the devout religious man, he he's the property of Jesus. Resent him to the bone. You got something better. You've got a heart of stone. So he's like, you know, you you don't you don't see you don't see the way of the Lord, uh, and you're ripping on Bob Dylan because he does see it. Uh, you've got a heart of stone, my friend. I love his songs from that era. They're just fucking evil. They're like you go, <laughs> like a Jerry Falwell kind of shit. Like you kind of go, you 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 try so hard to be against evil, but you end up being evil yourself. <laughs> yeah. But that's uh, that's saved and uh, slow train coming in shot of the hilariously titled shot of love. That's a good one. <laughs> but yeah, so we we got to the Marx bit on uh, my own version of you, where Marx is in the burning hell, having <laughs> flesh ripped from his back alongside that other disputatious Jewish intellectual, that cultural Marxist Sigmund <laughs> Freud. Um, in Mother of Muses, 
Bob actually shouts out a Soviet general as uh, a great man of history who paved the path for Elvis Presley to sing and for Martin Luther King, (laughs) which is, of course, General Zhukov. Although he also mentions Sherman, Montgomery, Scott and Patton. Sing of Sherman, Montgomery and Scott And of Zhukov and Patton and the battles they fought What do you think of that? Um, I think those are generals. I don't understand how uh, it made makes sense because I think we talked about how like a lot of those generals like did drastically different things like like Zukov and um like was it did Patton as well like basically heroically led the allies through world war 2 yeah uh whereas a lot of these were just like colonial pieces of shit you know <laughs> like the yeah. awful fucking like terrible racist bastards you know i'm not saying that zukov as like the head of stalin's military did like no crimes or anything but <laughs> but you know what i mean like obviously you or i are going to be more well disposed to zukov than to uh sherman montgomery and scott but um you know i don't know too much about like military history and all, all these these fellas so uh no me neither yeah just as a quick note, while Sherman certainly was a colonialist piece of shit, and there's no denying that, he he does have going for him the famous march to the sea during the Civil War in the U.S., uh, where they just kind of routed the South completely and pillaged uh, their plantations and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, that's usually seen as, like, a good thing here in the U.S., at least if you're not a Republican. But, yeah, he was also a racist, so, and he he committed genocide against the uh, Native Americans, along with a lot of other generals of that time. Um, so, complicated figure question mark so you know uh i mean the whole thing the whole we're not gonna really agree with the ideology of this song as good leftists because it's a bit well it's incredibly like great men of history mother of muses it's like uh, this divine this divine inspiration passed down to great artists like me bob dylan and (laughs) and also zukov uh which inspires us to uh, create great work, and uh, it you know it's gotta takes be the, that way. Takes the form of a sort of mystical woman, Calliope or what have you. Um, you know, I thought uh, I felt a bit embarrassed on behalf of the Bob Dylan community when Kitty Empire and the Guardian called this uh, kind of like very male-centric view of the world and all these men's rights activists started getting in her mentions on Twitter to defend Bob Dylan's honours, honour rather like, Bob's fine guys he doesn't he doesn't need you to 
<laughs> he's like please leave him please don't uh portray yeah. yourselves as like the the dylan understanders uh i i saw what she meant even if i didn't necessarily um agree that that hindered the album for me um i guess why i felt that that didn't hinder the album for me was that i don't really go to dylan to like get the the truth from him you know i i'm not going to him as like the voice of a generation as like someone te- please tell us what to do oh, oh lord bob like that's what dumb hippies in the 60s wanted nobody yeah. with any sense since then has like asked bob dylan to dictate their philosophy for them <laughs> you know he's an artist he's right. he's writing about his you know his internal life um and and interpreting the exterior world through that um yeah what are some of the great moments on this album some some real crossing the rubicon is a pretty fun song yeah i do i do like that one quite a lot that's uh so like the last three songs on the album uh cumulatively 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 take up about maybe 35 minutes or more yeah they're quite a a long uh trio in fact on the cd edition uh murder most foul takes up its own disc of the album Um, you could have actually fit it on the other disc but i think on vinyl the album is like two discs and murder most foul is the entire second side of disc two but that makes kind of more sense but anyway yeah so you've got you've got um these two epics back to back before the ultimate epic of murder most foul you've got the seven minute crossing rubicon and the nine minute key west which we've already talked about quite a bit but crossing the rubicon is great i mean one of my favorite bits is where he's just i got up early to greet the goddess of the dawn or something. Yeah, it's no, it's darkest for the dawn. And then just like off mic, he just goes, oh, Lord. That's <laughs> <laughs> like my favorite bit. Um, I think at the end, he starts clapping along to the song as well. Yeah. He's not, not playing guitar on the song, but just like as it's fading out. You just hear some, like Bob, like yeah, it's the groove. He there's a few little things like that, like on um Goodbye Jimmy Reed, he plays just like one note of harmonica between a couple of the verses. <laughs> that seems to be like his sole harmonica contribution to the album is just on Goodbye Jimmy Reed. Um, but yeah, I love this, and again, like going with the the song Key West tells you a lot about what Key West is like at a place and what Bob recommends there. Um, (laughs) In this, he has, uh, well, the Rubicon is a red river, he explains, (laughs) going gently as she flows, redder than your ruby lips and the blood that flows from the rose. Oh, this is such a sick line. Three miles north of Purgatory, one step from the great beyond. (laughs) Awesome stuff. This has a, a a reference to the lame western musical paint your wagon as well in this yeah. song. it's like there's so many references obviously murder most foul is like the mother load of references to other songs and shit mm. uh i feel we should like get to that at the end because like we've talked about uh pretty much all the other songs now i think but like there's so many little references like throughout the songs like be it the duncan and brady reference at the end of black rider 
or just like on Key West where he's like, people tell me I ought to try a little tenderness. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like also uh, I love I was born on the wrong side of the railroad tracks like Ginsburg, Corso and Kerouac. And also like Louie and Jimmy and Buddy. Uh, but no one's quite sure who he means by that. Uh, like people aren't sure if like Jimmy is like Jimmy Rogers, the great country singer, or Jimmy Buffett, the Florida local. Um, yeah. Mm, yeah. But there's a lot of shit like that. It's pr- another another one of the kind of hard blues tracks on the album, I guess. May- yeah, maybe I I just see if there's anything more I wanted to get in on my own version of you, which is a pretty lyrically dense song. Um, so is a morgue and a mortuary the same thing? Uh, hmm. I think so. A morgue, a mortuary. Yeah, yeah, it says, uh, similar now, uh, similar morgue. Okay, yeah, so <laughs> maybe that explains why he says morgues and monasteries, because I, I always kind of, I like, once I heard the song, I kind of, in my head, heard morgues and mortuaries, but then, I guess if they're basically the same thing then mon- i could mon- see it being a lyric still but yeah. monasteries kind of make sense because i guess it adds in like the element of the spiritual like he's going he's not just going through morgues like he's 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 like in a monastery <laughs> like to, he's in a place of god to dig up body parts right. limbs and livers and brains and hearts you know this is like frankenstein according to bob dylan it's got a reference to uh, the winter of my discontent, uh, which is one of many Shakespeare references on this album. But like, obviously, most people notice the line about the Scarface Pacino and the Godfather Brando, mix it up in a tank and get a robot commando. Uh, like, a reference to Julius Caesar, which obviously crossing the Rubicon ref- uh, alludes to. Reference to Leon Russell. Rhymed with Liberace and St. John the Apostle. I'm going to make you play the piano like Leon Russell. So sick, you know. I, I, I love I love the lyrics on this song. There's a cool little Rolling Stones reference, Moonlight Mile as well. Um, and yeah, it's just like to create this kind of like awesome kind of hellscape. It's super horror music. Like Tom Waits would be proud to have written this. Mm-hmm. Um, Stand Over There by the Cypress Tree where the Trojan women and children were sold into slavery long before the First Crusade, way back before England and America were made, and then you go straight into Marx and Freud in hell. Like, who else is (laughs) writing stuff like this, you know? How can people take this shit for granted? How is this, like, uh, the 22nd best album of the year and Jason Isbell did a better thing? Like, okay, fine, like, whatever, like fine if if you want to be boring be boring um (laughs) exactly let's talk about murder most foul so the other day i was like what's like a a kind of like a normal person make of this track you know like (laughs) a normie because i yeah i obviously heard it and i was like oh this is like greatest fucking thing i've ever heard like 17 minutes of just like conspiracy theories and jokes and beautiful imagery uh, like 
has anything better than the release of this song ever happened in the world? Um, but I was like, I guess maybe some people might, because I was kind of baffled when I heard like on, you know, places I very much love, like True Anon, which is very much into conspiracy theories, or Michael and Us. They were like, oh, you know, seventeen minutes. It seems a bit long. I'm like. <laughs> But, but, but being long is what makes it better. There's more of it. I'm like, surely, 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 surely if you can like, you know, these are intelligent people I'm talking about. Surely if you can read a book, you can listen to a 17 minute long song. I mean, it's surely if you listen to podcasts, you can listen to 17 minutes. Of... If you watch an episode of a TV show. You, you can watch a seven, you can listen to a 17 minute song. But I mean, like, but just use the podcast analogy. Yes, that, that that's true. But like, you know, if, if it was just like Bob Dylan talking for 17 minutes about the JFK assassination, I bet loads of people would be like, uh, loads of the people I'm talking about who were like, oh, it's too long, would listen to it, you know? Yeah, like would be would be like, oh, cool. That's that. I can't believe Bob Dylan has done this. But you know, I guess just because he used his uh, his chosen medium of music to do it, it's suddenly self indulgent and not as good as Mark Kozilek. Uh, yeah, so I, I, you know, Anthony Fantano uh, lost all respect for him with that review. To be honest, but. This song is amazing. This song is 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 a masterpiece. Yeah, is the best song of twenty twenty. This is yeah. the last culturally impactful song I remember coming out or album. Like you know, this album, the impact of the actual album didn't seem to compare to the impact of Murder Most Foul, which was like really a big like talking point for a while even if certain people who should by any mean by all rights be interested in it didn't even check it out it was cool like i mean it was cool to see a load of people discussing it and you know making jokes about it and stuff and um the idea that the song is too long i think is just like completely misguided because it was probably about like five times as long when it was a draft, when it was just on paper. This has probably been like written and rewritten and revised over and over again until it only contains what it needs to contain. Um, and I don't really think that, you know, different people are gonna favor different lines over others but i don't really think that any line is there by accident it's all about like the cumulative like anne frank and indiana jones and the rolling stones it's about the cumulative effect of all of this it is dylan's both his longest song and his song with the highest word count um and yeah. <laughs> wow. say he'd have just done a verse. And he's known of... for long songs as it is. Yeah. I mean, say he'd just done a verse of song names. It wouldn't have been as impactful as when he does a shorter verse of song names. 
and then brings the narrative back to the president sure. in the back of the car and then starts listing song names again mm-hmm. until it crescendos in um, play Marching Through Georgia and Dunbarton's Drums, play Darkness and Death Will Come When It Comes, play Love Me or Leave Me by the Great Bud Powell, play the Bloodstained Banner, play Murder Most Foul. Now, I think like the Bloodstained Banner is, I don't know the song that he's referencing, but it sounds, the, just the phrase is so funereal. Right. <laughs> but specifically like a funeral march, you know, the banner. Mm. Just a, I don't know why you'd be carrying a banner covered in blood at someone's funeral, but, you know, maybe it's like a war thing. Uh, Bloodstained Banner apparently has like civil war connotations. Um, but yeah, this song is just a masterpiece. I still don't think that a song as good as this has come out since. I don't think that any of the other songs on the album are as good at it as it. It's still my my very favourite um, song from this period of Dylan. Right. Um, I I think he really raised the game in a way. Um, you know, yeah. I think if I think it's a hard act to follow, second to none. <laughs> Quote the song. I mean, what 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 you what do you think about this one? Oh yeah, it's great. I can see why it was uh, a single for the album, right? Yeah, it was the first single. Uh, yeah, with with the other was the other one. I contain multitudes. Yeah, and then false prophet as the third and final. Oh, I did, didn't realize it was a third one. Wow. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it it's incredible. I, I remember listening to it the first time around, and it was uh, yeah, just a really epic uh, piece of music. Um, and especially like normally it's like a single drops and it's like one, like three minute piece of music, you know, this was Mm. like so much, like, (laughs) this was so much to release at once and be like, oh yeah, this is just part of the album. Granted a very, very big part as it was, but Mm. still. Yeah. I mean, he hadn't announced the album at the time. So for all we knew, Bob was just releasing this as a standalone single. It's just like he'd made a track and was deciding to put it out, you know? Um, Not that that's ever how he's worked. He's always been an album artist. But, like, it's... um, Yeah, it it did for a time before he even announced the album speak for itself. And um, I think it's still great in the context of the album, but I don't even think there's much of a problem with it being on its own disc beyond the inconvenience of if you're listening to it on CD, having to switch the disc. Like, it it really contains enough for an album, pretty much. I mean, obviously, 17 minutes is way shorter than an album, but uh, it's got, like, so much, so much in there. Like, I mean... It's sort of like, I mean, again, Bob says no metaphor, but I guess it, I guess it's not a metaphor. What's uh, what's something that's representative of the wider whole that you use? What's something that's a component part of the wider whole that you use to represent the wider whole? Is that a synecdoche? Cine- uh, synecdoche. I almost said a, a schenectady, like the place in New York. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's like a synecdoche for the like the decline of the American Empire, told through the event uh, of the death of John F. Kennedy. 
you know, the age of the Antichrist has just only begun. Like, uh, we're, we're, uh, uh, the soul of a nation has been torn away and it's beginning to go into a slow decay and we're 36 hours past Judgment Day. Mm. I love the kind of scene setting lyrics or like the narrative advancing lyrics like Air Force One coming in through the gate, Johnson sworn in at 2.38. And what I absolutely love is how the perspective shifts. One minute he's talking from the point of view of presumably himself the narrator the next minute he's talking from the point of view of wolfman jack i think the next he's talking from the point no sorry i don't think he ever actually talks from the point of view of wolfman jack the dj he he incites wolfman jack to play various records the points of view he occupies are his own point of view the point of view of john f kennedy dying in the back of the car and uh so it's the second song in a row that basically feels like the president's dying breath. Mm-hmm. Um, the third is that he speaks at, sings at times. People are like, oh, it's just, it's not even, he doesn't even sing on this track. He's just, He talks the whole, it's not a fucking spoken word piece. He's like singing the entire time. You literally hear him speak on the track so you can compare what it sounds like <laughs> when he's singing to when he's speaking when he's speaking is don't worry mr president help is on the way when he's singing is "Twas a dark day in dallas november 63 like it's clearly different uh fuck what was i saying before <laughs> yeah he's speaking or singing alternately from the point of view of the conspiracy you know, uh, where we ask no quarter and no quarter do we give. We're right down the street from a street where you live. Uh, brothers, what brother? Uh, don't worry, Mr. President. Help is on the way. Your brothers are coming. There'll be hell to pay. Um, and JFK is like, brothers, what brothers? What's this about hell? And then I'm pretty sure it's meant to be like the conspiracists saying, tell them we're waiting. Keep coming. We'll get them as well. As in, we're going to make sure that this Kennedy curse is a thing. <laughs> of course. We got, sorry, you got unpaid debts. We've come to collect. We're going to kill you with hatred without any respect. We'll mock you and shock you and we'll put it in your face. We've already got someone here to take your place. I mean, it's a phenomenal song, man. I mean, I don't think it's just about the, assassina- the assassination of JFK, but... It's pretty clear that Dylan sees this as a kind of turning point in American history, at which point the soul of the nation was was lost. But I guess he as a young man was just kind of like, fuck this, I'm out, you know. I'm going to stop writing political songs and uh, then... Wait, so yeah, 1963, November... That was when JFK was killed, and uh, Bob Dylan in 1964 made the album Another Side of Bob Dylan, which was his least political album to that point, and then he started writing more surreal kind of songs. Uh, So it could be that, that even at the time, he was so disillusioned by the murder of JFK that he kind of abandoned a lot of hope. Um. He famously said on stage the night that Obama won the election, 
he said i was born like blah 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 before pearl harbor since then i've been living in a world of darkness <laughs> and he, he said basically maybe now that obama's in things might change uh but like that was like so like again it's like I don't think I can bear to live my life alone. It's just like a moment of like total vulnerability. Like I've been living in a world of darkness. It's like this is not someone who has a positive view of of where the world's at. And he kind of like manages to summon up the spirit of the present day through this incredibly evocative song that largely takes place largely uh in 1963 yeah it's like and i guess he shows that like the 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 assassination of kennedy was it did happen at a real turning point in culture even if it itself was not the turning point in this regard because a couple of months Mm. after the assassination of jfk the Beatles played the Ed Sullivan Theatre in America, and rock and roll, which had actually been moribund, really. Uh, sorry, they played the Ed Sullivan Show, uh, the you know nationally yeah. syndicated television show, not the Ed Sullivan Theatre. Although I think maybe the Ed Sullivan Show was filmed at the Ed Sullivan Theatre. Regardless, <laughs> that was like the point at which an entire generation of American children were turned on to rock and roll by um, seeing the Beatles in their living rooms. And, um, you know, after a few pretty dormant years for rock and roll, with uh, Elvis in the army, Chuck Berry in prison for some kind of horrendous crime that he was probably <laughs> definitely guilty of. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and and that at that point, all these artists who Bob... Si- I mean, I, a lot of them actually predate the assassination of JFK. But, uh, you know... At that point, uh, the culture did change, and, and and we we hear about Woodstock, and we hear about Altamont. <laughs> Bob kind of says, "I think he's really taking the piss when he says I'm going to Woodstock. It's the Aquarian age. He's never he didn't play Woodstock. Yeah. Never had uh, never had any regard for Woodstock. Uh, and then he follows it up with, then I'll go over to Altamont and sit near the stage.'" Uh, and of course, near the stage is the last place that you wanted to sit near Altamont because you might get uh, stabbed yeah. by a hell's angel. Um, it's just some classic lines. Put your head out the window, let the good times roll. There's a party going on behind the grassy knoll. <laughs> like, oh man, man, it's so fucking good. It, it's an amazing song. It's the best song that you could imagine they mutilated his body and they took out his brain what more could they do they piled on the pain like his imagery is so violent he really wants to like like emphasize the horror of the situation which is so ubiquitous for jfk assassination for people's people have been desensitized to it everyone's seen a kind of crappy video of it where you can't really see how gory it was but man's brain came out of his head in front of a parade of people yeah. <laughs> uh, shot down like a dog in broad daylight you know like they they, uh, they killed him what was it? 
the whole world was watching, no one saw a thing, or whatever he says. There's just like, it's not just references to music in this track as well. Obviously, Murder Most Foul is uh, from Hamlet, and then he has um, references to Merchants of Venice, sorry, to Merchant of Venice and to Lady Macbeth. Great line, play Merchant of Venice, play Merchants of Death. Like, this is what I'm saying about time has broken down on rough and rowdy ways. Shakespeare exists in the same continuum as Mark Knopfler and Dire Straits. Uh, And play Stella by Starlight for Lady Macbeth. Play a song written for the film The Uninvited for a fictitious character from the 1500s. I mean, (laughs) like wonderful wonderful kaleidoscopic view of culture and i find that the the jokes in it are so funny like they're just so silly and they're such like a welcome bit of levity uh <coughs> uh play it for houdini spinning around in his grave kind of yeah <laughs> good uh, stuff yeah man um I, I, yeah, Murder Most Foul is a masterpiece of a song. What I was going to say is I was like, do normal people like this? <laughs> and so I, <laughs> I I was like, I searched Bob Dylan Murder Most Foul first listen on uh, on uh, YouTube or like reaction because you know when people post videos yeah. of themselves listening to a song for the first time. Um, and I, I made sure that, like the first guy I went with first account I went with on there was a black guy because I was like I'm not going with like a white Dylan fan who like has been listening to him for like 60 years <laughs> like but I don't think most people really do like first listen videos anyway like uh, b- white boomer men <laughs> but, but anyway so like I, I checked out this video uh, by this guy it turned out this guy actually was a big Dylan fan so it was on me for assuming <laughs> and he yeah, for me for being racist, but uh, he absolutely loved the song and went ape, went wild. And then I clicked on the next one, and I just went to a random bit in it. And the guy paused it after Dylan did one of his really silly lines about like Houdini or whatever. And then he was like, "Nah, nah, sorry, I can't do this." <laughs> so, so it's clearly like a really polarizing song. Like some people, like me, are just like swept up by the lyrics and like the, you know, his his calm delivery uh you know the gravitas of 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 his delivery and like the the beautiful uh combination of like violin and bowed bass and uh uh two pianos played by alan pasqua and fiona apple an organ played by ben montench um uh and 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 the, the beautiful like lyrical cascading drums from matt chamberlain bob's new drummer um but other people are obviously just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, 17-minute song where he's like, frankly, Miss Scarlet, I don't give a damn. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> just, like, doing... Giving you, like, these horrible mental images about, like, you know, they took out his brain, <laughs> shut down like a dog. Like, it's, it is probably, like, weird. <laughs> weird to some people, I don't know. Like... And, and and I don't know, I guess, like, I can't really comprehend listening to Bob Dylan and he says some mad shit and, and it's funny and not just, like, laughing at it or, or you know, <laughs> or, or, like, like being like, come on, really? I'm like, just laugh. Like, when he says, like, 
he knows that this is not like a kind of lyric that's like gonna fucking uh this is he knows that this is not gonna change your life this lyric so think about what the artist is intending which is probably to uh, amuse himself and the listener um but you know i think this is a very well received song so uh but those who actually did spend time with it and uh and, and wanted to discover its mysteries rather than just have a knee-jerk reaction uh, I think they got a lot out of it. Also contains <laughs> the re- revelation, rather, that Bob has uh, apparently seen the Zapruder film at least 33 times. Right, yes. Just him, like, putting... Right, put it back on! I'll get it this time! <laughs> and another uh, yeah. great, great line. Yeah, man. Uh, just going through, there's so many great lines, and there's so many... I know he said we wouldn't do this with every song, but Murder Most Foul is not any old song it's like it's the song (laughs) the fucking tune i think when he (laughs) mentioned play it for Lindsay and stevie nicks he was like trying to get fleetwood mac back together because uh in like 2018 uh fleetwood mac went on tour without Lindsay buckingham because like he'd fallen out with Lindsay with stevie nicks and uh yeah so I think Bob was like trying to say, "Come on, guys, you work best together. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like Don Henley and Glenn Fry, one of the great partnerships." Uh, yeah, uh, he mentions the song "St. James Infirmary," sort of standard, I think, most famously performed by Louis Armstrong. Um, but Bob's classic song "Blind Willie McTell" basically has the melody of "St. James Infirmary." Uh, I suppose that could kind of bring us on to. Um, how there was a bit of controversy around the album, specifically from Phoebe will do any media appearance offered Bridges, uh, which was uh, that Bob basically stole the entire melody and arrangement of False Prophet from this guy called Billy the Kid Emerson, who it turns out is still alive and uh, quite elderly and ill. (laughs) so uh the song is credited music and lyrics by bob dylan so uh i hope that maybe there's a kind of like out of court settlement or something like some sort of unspoken deal going on with billy the kid emerson however i'm just gonna say how many people who slagged off the plagiarism at work here were bumping billy the kid emerson before bob dylan uh fucking put them on to him like i am absolutely a hundred percent sure that phoebe bridges and bridges had never heard of this person like a hundred percent a hundred percent sure like i had never heard of him maybe this is just me projecting my own flaws onto other people (laughs) but Uh... i mean i i gotta point out that nobody on genius uh ref uh, yeah i'm sure you were listening to billy the kid emerson all the time yeah yeah like but oh yeah like (laughs) but it's like nobody on um you know definitely not anthony fantano but nobody on genius recognized the reference to duncan and brady you've been on my job too long at the end of black rider um and that's like a pretty famous song that dylan has like covered a bunch uh multiple times so you know i just kind of think that not many people were really listening to if loving is believing and like yes there should be some financial compensation because this is a well-selling album by a rich man and um 
it is very similar the arrangement i mean it's not literally identical i was kind of exaggerating there's like one extra bar in the riff of uh billy the kid emerson's song <laughs> and uh like the chords are like swapped around the two chords are swapped around so that they're like the opposite way um but like a as well as like probably introducing that song to loads and loads of people who never would have heard it before like this song is completely different in terms of the song as the final product like if this was a hip-hop song uh that sampled the actual music uh to billy the kid emerson's song but had completely different lyrics uh it, it would be no less different you know like or like no more different my oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah it would be it would be no more different because like you know yeah. Uh, let me find the lyrics to "If Loving Is Believing." Not trying to slag off Billy the Kid Emerson. I did look up look up this song. It is pretty tight. I've got to say, definitely a a a good good guy. Um, well, I don't know if he was a good guy. He could be a very bad guy, but he's a good artist. Uh, well, I mean, okay, this song is so obscure that uh there's actually not lyrics for it anywhere online so yeah but you, you know i'm sure i'm sure that uh yeah, phoebe bridges had, had, had uh it, you know i'm sure if you check her last fm charts it's number one on uh on the song she's listening to um but yeah uh <laughs> like I, I basically it's a song about like love you know it the lyrics on if love and if is believing are probably like less deep than I've made up my mind to give myself to you, which I said to you is a completely straightforward love song with no kind of embellishments. Like, whereas false prophet is like, you know, he's talking about like his fleet footed guides from the underworld, like more of these like sort of mystical women who <laughs> inspire him. Like he's doing the battle rap stuff about being um, he's going to bury the rest naked with their silver and gold. Uh, he's like, I'll climb a mountain of swords on my bare feet. Uh, like lots of very braggadocious stuff. There's the line that all the lame people suspected was about Trump. Um, you lusty old mule you got a poisoned brain i'll marry you to a ball and chain um mm. i i assume that this is just like when he's like uh he's on long and wasted years on tempest which came out in 2012 so i don't think that was about donald trump he's like my enemy crashed into the dust la, 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 and he lost his lust he died in shame he had an iron heart I assume it's just like again another like anti-hater lyric, uh, <laughs> similar <laughs> similar to uh, how on the absolute banger "Goodbye Jimmy Reed," he's like, um, "They threw everything at me, at me, uh, everything in the book. I had nothing to fight back with but a butcher's hook. They had no pity. They never lend a hand." I can't sing a song that I don't understand. And then concludes, goodbye, Jimmy Reed. Goodbye and good luck. I can't play the record because my needle got stuck. And like, and also, um, you wouldn't, um, you wouldn't amount to much, the people all said, which I'm not sure is true about a man who was hate, like fated as a genius from about the age of 21. <laughs> the people <laughs> all said, because I didn't play guitar behind my head. <laughs> never pandered, never acted proud, never took off my shoes and threw them in the crowd. Goodbye, Jimmy Reed. 
good but yeah that, all right that's got nothing to do with the haters but like yeah like I, lo- I love that but he's just like yeah i don't do showmanship like people who do people who uh smash a guitar into a fake amp having called up the company that manufactured the guitar to ask if it's okay that is just perfect cheap oh sorry i don't want to be like david crosby that is just cheap showmanship whereas i um have never been to the land of oz and never wasted my time on an unworthy cause as he says in key west uh, another like very braggadocious lyric just like everything i've ever done has been worthwhile yeah. <laughs> property of jesus <laughs> that was a great song and i'm glad i wrote it <laughs> oh man and uh, just like i think we're drawing to a close but i could not go without shouting out my very favorite verse uh on goodbye jimmy reed which is like he's dealt with the haters on the last two verses he's been like fuck you lot i you know i'm not playing my guitar behind my head for you if i do throw my shoes at you it will be in a kind of that guy who threw his shoes at George Bush kind of way. It would be an assault to uh, show you, uh, the, the, to ask you to stop demanding uh, impertinent things of me. Um, then he's like, okay, done with that. I'm horny now. And he's just like, transparent woman in a transparent dress suits you well. I must confess. He's just like leering all over this verse. Like, I'll break open your grapes. I'll suck out the juice. I need you. Like, my head needs a noose. Goodbye, Jimmy Reed. Goodbye and so long. I thought I could resist her, but I was so wrong. <laughs> I love it. I'll break open your grapes. I'll suck out the juice. Disgusting imagery. <laughs> like, yeah. this is the guy who's like, I've sucked the milk out of a thousand cows. And presumably, the only thing I can imagine that means is that it's a boast, me- a blues, an old blues man style boast, meaning I've had sex with a lot of women. <laughs> and the, um,. The next and the next line as well is on that the uh, suck the milk out of a thousand cows song thunder on the mountain is I got the pork chop she got the pie <laughs> just like <laughs> God that she ain't she ain't no angel and neither am I I'm just like horny Bob is uh, uh, bizarre like some of my favorite moments on his recent albums are when he's incredibly horny or when he's just like gonna murder someone <laughs> like when he's like uh two time on soon after midnight from tempest and he's like uh two time in slim whoever heard of him i'll drag his corpse through the mud <laughs> awesome stuff yeah well so we've been we got pretty rough and rowdy today mainly in the direction of anthony fantano phoebe bridges <laughs> people who were in any way critical of this wonderful album (laughs) Uh, well hey it got the Barack Obama seal of approval uh, Goodbye Jimmy Reed was featured on Barack Obama's summer 2020 playlist so (laughs) it it clearly hit the spot in that perfectly middle brow way but uh, Obama's cultural recommendations (laughs) always do Uh, oh we also got the Jason Isbell album I was saying could not possibly conceivably be better than dylan's one on there as well so, um 
concluding thoughts on rough and rowdy ways then uh... i'll break open your grapes i'll suck <laughs> out the juice <laughs> <laughs> that didn't sound like Bob. That was just a demented yell. Threat. Threat. So. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's... I'll make your wife a widow. <laughs> She'll good. never see old age. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> no, it I, I think I think it's aged well. Um, and yeah, it has man. I think it will continue to stand well in the the canon of Bob Dylan. Yeah, man. Yeah, I I, I think what it needs is um one of the songs and by one of the songs i mean i've made up my mind to give myself to you which is the only song that could conceivably have this treatment done to it but i think one of the songs needs to be covered by a kind of ballady pop singer such as adele and uh turned into the next make you feel my love <laughs> yeah. you know that song i can make you happy yeah. make your dreams come true like do you know bob wrote that yeah yeah, well, you know, some people don't. They're just like, oh, it's just such a good pop song. And then they're like, what? Bob Dylan? What? Uh, as if Bob's never written like a concise, uh, non, <laughs> non, non, uh, impenetrable, a concise, penetrable, I suppose, song. Yeah. <laughs> non impenetrable. <laughs> non impenetrable. Um, yeah, you know, that's that's what I think uh, needs to happen next. So, uh, you know, Matt Sweeney, <laughs> uh, he knows Adele, he's cool, maybe he can uh, put her onto it. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's basically uh, our conclusion. Adele should do Murder Most Foul. Agreed. Put it out as a single. Yeah, that's 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 what we've concluded. <laughs> <laughs> Great record, man. Good, good to shoot the shit All about right. it and fi- finally get on record what we feel about about uh, Bob's latest Bob's Bob's latest important contribution to the culture. Here, 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 here. Absolutely. And to, yeah, to reiterate. If Bob Dylan is uh, not part of the conversation or whatever, it is not a conversation worth having. Exactly. Yeah, man. Peace and love. Peace. I live on a street named after a saint. Women in the churches wear powder and paint. Where the Jews and the Catholics and the Muslims are praying. I can tell a product from a mile away Goodbye Jimmy Reed, Jimmy Reed indeed Give me that old time religion, it's just what I need But thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory Go tell it on the mountain, go tell the real story Straightforward puritanical tone In the mystic hours where the person's alone Goodbye, Jimmy Reed Godspeed